Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What's going down? Everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny McIntosh. I'm joined by Mr. Finley Martin. Fit, it's five days till Christmas. Are you in the Christmas spirit yet? Kenny, I am. I absolutely am. Yes, I've got one more Christmas present to buy, and that's it. Wow. I've nearly wrapped them all up. That's impressive. I had to go into town this morning to get a few last bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's nice to kind of be ahead of it a little bit because you've is. also got to. It's at that point where if you have any Christmas shopping left to do, you either need to do it in person or the only online thing you could probably trust is Amazon because obviously yeah. the, we get the Royal Mail strikes later this week, so you don't want to be taking any chances with anything arriving on the twenty third or the twenty fourth because it will not be. Yeah, um, exactly. I had mail today. The mail arrived today, so at least it's running at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be fine today, tomorrow, and Thursday. It's just going to be Friday, Saturday that's going to. Suffer, so I need to actually reminds me I do need to go and post something special delivery later today. Um, I mean, Amazon's going to be doing backflips. I mean, aren't they? You yeah. know, what I mean, everyone's going to be ordering from them. I mean, the thing is, I you know, I I get the, the ethical dilemma dilemmas of Amazon, but I mean, it's so quick. You know, you can order. There's times where you can be, you know, order something at eleven thirty p.m. and it's with you by one p.m. the next day. You just it's can't. unbelievable. It is unbelievable, and they've just they've just got it all, haven't they? And they've got it all. They've got wrestling books. Did, did I mention? Sorry, 
<laughs> but seriously, I bought some stuff for my guitar. Like the well, I take too long to explain what what they are. Right. Like I, I mean, I have no idea where I would have got them from around here. <laughs> I just think it would have been impossible. There's <laughs> all these sellers selling these things for you know to basically attach a guitar strap to my Gretsch, mm-hmm. and um, you know the official product. And yeah, it arrived like two days later. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, there you go. An, an advert for Amazon. Um, but listen, it's time for us to talk about wrestling, and obviously, there's a lot going on. Um, we didn't really get time, didn't really get a lot of time to talk about Dynamite last week, and it see it, it felt like it was a step in the right direction as a show, and that there was no Ring of Honor on it, so yeah, that was good. Um, but we did have the the big win by Action Andretti, who is someone who had wrestled, I believe, a couple of times on Dark. Not that I'd watched it, but I'd, I'd been told. Um, and he ended up defeating Chris Jericho to a big reaction from the crowd in Texas. Um, what did you make of uh, this new name, defeating Jericho? Well, I've got to be honest with you, Kenny, I haven't seen that match yet. But what I will say that mm-hmm. I think it's really good that a new person has come in and beaten Chris Jericho. And I know Jericho uh, dropped the Ring of Honor belt to Claudio at the final battle event. Mm-hmm. He had racked up a lot of wins prior to that. And many people were knocking him um, for basically using Dynamite and, and AEW. Is, is, you know, he was turning into the AEW's version of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's his personal vehicle to put himself over all the time. So I think maybe that was something that he was familiar with and aware of and conscious of and thought, well, this is the time to really just shove it back in those in my critic in the critics' faces and say, no, I'm here to work with other people and put them over if it makes sense. So I I think it was, you know, the right move for him to do that. And um and you know, let's face it, in AEW, it's all about and it's the same in any any company in wrestling. You want to feel like the younger talent is on the rise because that's what makes wrestling exciting to me. I've always been a huge fan of that. And when a company is not doing that with its younger talent, then it's just it's just going to enter decline. Maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but within a few months because you've always got to have that turnover of talent, new people coming up and coming through. So, uh, I, I, yeah, sorry, I haven't watched that match yet, but I, I will watch it this week. I will watch it before Thursday when we record next. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll give it a match. It's, it's, it's a pretty good match, actually. It's pretty, uh, he, he really, I mean, he really does put him over in, in a way. You know, it's not a, it's not like a Hulk Hogan, Billy Kidman kind of putting somebody over. You know, it's a, uh, but anyway, I mean, I, I, I was going to ask you, because I feel like, you know, it's Christmas, Finn. Maybe you're feeling really festive and you're feeling like, all wrongs are righted and all all sins are forgotten. So obviously the Death Triangle and Elite uh, series of matches, they're now going to ha- add hardcore elements and uh, rules to the last couple of matches. Is that going to entice you more into their series? I mean, I mean, does that mean that there won't be any more hammer hijinks? Well, it means hammers are legal now. Oh, right, okay. So I mean, I mean, I've been trying with these matches, Kenny. I've been trying... Uh, not working for you well I just you know I just can't take it seriously I mean there's just so many dives and like what I call head drop moves like pile drivers and usually like spiked as well and just so many devastating moves in these matches and they just keep going <laughs> and it's, and that to me is what 
just ruins it. That's what ruins the suspension of disbelief. When people are taking these ridiculous moves over and over again, just so many dives and aerials that it just, you just become numb to it. You just, none of it matters anymore. So, and, I mean, know, so seeing like the, in, in the early to mid, because obviously I, I don't really watch indie wrestling, so I, um, it's a genuine question. In the kind of early to mid 2000s, was this kind of style coming in from certain people and that's where the Young Bucks, et cetera, have kind of learned it? Or are they people who have kind of, started to make this style where it's just boom, 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 boom all the time? Well, I mean, I always sort of credit or blame. I mean, obviously, it was a sensation at the time. Sabu was somebody who really popularised this in, like, 93, 94 time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always remember, like, Sabu and Van Damme got together and they had tag team matches with Doug Furness and Dan Crawford, who became Phil LaFon mm-hmm. in WWF. And I remember they had a short series of matches. I think it was 95, because I think they ended up in WWF in 96. I think that's right. Yeah, late 96. Yeah, it could have been 96 that they had the matches. And no one was selling anything. And they were just racing from, you know, spot to spot to spot. And it was just this constant attention-seeking and constant movement, constant motion. And it was as if people had no attention spans at all. Um, And... Crawford and Furness, as they were, had been through the old Japan system for years. I mean, they had no excuse. I mean, they worked for Giant Baba for years. I mean, they had that amazing tag match. We talked about it one time with um, Kabashi and Kikuchi. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. It was one of the most amazing tag matches you'll ever see. From I think it was from May 92. I could have the date wrong. But it was just one of the most amazing tag matches of all time. So to see them do those matches with Van Damme, you know, who'd also worked for All Japan, he worked for WCW, but really he was more of an ECW indie guy. Um, and Sabu, to see them, you know, really just not having the discipline to do it properly was very disheartening. So I think a lot of people had done this before the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks matches, I mean, they were once in the PS50. In fact, I think they might have been in the PS50 more than once. Twice, yeah. We've, we've, twice. we've mentioned them twice because you've kind of weeped as we went through it. <laughs> 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 and their matches weren't, weren't as frenetic then as they are now and there's just no restraint shown it's just constant bang 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 and i just it just has no effect on me and i sit there and and at first you think oh wow this is quite exciting and then you think well what's going to finish anyone in this match off you know what? What's what's the ending going to be? Oh yes, he's got hit with the rubber hammer. It's like <laughs> then I'm transported back to aces and eights, and you know that's not a place I want to be, Kenny. To be honest, you don't <laughs> you want know, to go to I, I, I lived through it the first time; it was bad enough then. Um, but to <laughs> me, it's got a I'm, and all the not all the moves, but so many of the moves just require such a level of cooperation that again, suspension of disbelief is annihilated. And there has to be that. There has to be a suspension of disbelief. Otherwise, why are we watching it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would love to give the devil's advocate point of view to make this more interesting, but I, I can't, I don't have it. So um, we'll, we'll move on. Obviously, we talked a lot about the Ricky Starks MGF thing last week. So hopefully by the time we record on Thursday, there, there will be some follow-up from Dyn- on Dynamite. 
Indeed, yeah. Well, let's make sure we'll do um, you know a decent section on this week's dynamite, and I'll watch that Jericho match as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll this Thursday's recording, so I am up to date. Excellent. Okay. Well, listen. Let's move on to the WWE uh, TV that's been going on. Obviously, we had uh, SmackDown Raw this past Friday. SmackDown. The whole theme of the show, the through thread, was about Sami Zayn turning up um, to potentially be made a full blown USO or full full blown US. Um, and he, you know, he's got the 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 man bun. He's got the a slight trim of the beard. He's there with the Usos, and and the whole night he's kind of, you know, on edge, hoping that this is gonna be his night. And then Jimmy sort of says to Jay, "I don't think it's gonna happen. Like I think you're setting him up for a disappointment." And it all leads us to um, well, and then and then Roman Reigns at one point um tells uh, Adam Pearce that he wants a tag match with him and Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens and a partner of his choice, which leads us to the main event segment. Roman comes out, and it all seems like it's going to be going well for Sami Zayn, but then Roman Reigns said, we've got a KO problem, we need to deal with it. If he, if KO's your problem, Sami, it's a problem for us. And then out of nowhere, Finn, on the big screen, the big JC, John Cena, is on the big screen, and he is going to be Kevin Owens' partner for next week's SmackDown, December 30th in Tampa. Cena and Owens against Sammy and Roman. What did you make of the the thread throughout this show and the payoff that it's Cena coming back to make sure he has a match in the year 2022? Um, I, I mean, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. In some ways, it felt a little bit like a bait and switch because it did seem like, you know, they were talking about Sammy's you know, re- he was going to have this makeover and he was going to be presented as this like new guy and he needed to smarten himself up for his big moment when he would be made a, you know, full, fully fledged member of the bloodlines, renamed Sami Uzo. And of course that didn't happen. Um, I mean, I was expecting, yeah, I was kind of expecting more from that, but I'm hoping that they've just pressed the pause button there and that we will get that sometime in January. I hope so anyway. Um I mean, Roman turned up and mentioned about the KO problem. And um, sorry, that was actually in the ring at the end. He mentioned that we've got a KO problem. And then Sammy said, oh, yeah, you know, no one can stand Kevin Owens. You know, I'm his only friend. And then he sort of like, oh, I misspoke. You know, what I meant to say was I was his only friend. So, I mean, obviously that was deliberate. So, I mean, that's going to get, you know, Got to get them talking again behind Sammy's back. You know, what's going on here? Can we really trust this guy? Um, so, and then, as you said, John Cena appeared on the big screen, said that he received a message from Kevin Owens and point out that he'd had a match every year since, in WWE every year since 2002. We're ne- apart from 2022, and we're nearly at the end of 2022, would you like to team with me against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn on the December 30th SmackDown? He said, I'd love to. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was well promoted, really. I mean, Cena was annoying, but I mean, he is, isn't he? Um, and but I mean, I oh, am the, actually the love affair was short. <laughs> I mean, I am look, I am quite looking forward to the match because it's a big match for for you know we we last week I talked about how I'm a bit like oh god, December is such a dull month and they're building this big feels like a huge match for next week. So fair play to them for pulling something out the bag before the end of the year. Exactly. I mean, this December 30th SmackDown is going to draw a huge number, could be the biggest number of the year. I would think it will be. And they're, they've also heavily promoted uh, the subsequent Raw as well on January 2nd. Yeah, because we so, should mention that next week's Raw is actually going to be a taped edition. 
Yes. Um, I, I, I bet like a best of special. Yeah, the absolute best of 2022 that described it, didn't they? As? Yeah, because so, they've already taped the, uh, oh God, what's it? What's the date? They've already pre-taped the December 23rd Smackdown, which will be an episode. Okay. And the December 26th Raw will not be a live episode. It'll just be a best of. Yeah. And I think there's like new interviews, like with uh, the talent talking about the highlights of their year. So, which I think, you know, is, is pretty good. Uh, if people want to watch that, I mean, it's, it's you know, they're not, they weren't really going to draw a rating then anywhere, I don't think. So, uh, I mean, 20, actually 26, are they not playing MSG that night? I think they are, aren't they? They are, yeah. But I think, is it not like MSG supposed to be like monstrously expensive to do TV or pay-per-views? Yes, that's what people always used to say. And I know it's the MSG, it's like a tradition for them to do the Boxing Day or Boxing Day as they call it in the UK. Uh, the December 26th house show there, uh, and they really loaded it up. So, I mean, you know, that's that's a good thing for the MSG, for the New York market, and good thing for the talent. But, yeah, I've, I've always been told that, that if they present TV or a, a premium live event or pay-per-view from there, the charges were enormous, and they would only do that occasionally because of the company's longstanding relationship with the, with the venue. So, yeah, it feels like they, they're really pushing these two shows, so, so that's great. Um, I mean, I don't feel threatened by Cena anymore because he's not there to bury anyone. He's just dro- he's just passing through. He's just stopping in for a night or a couple of nights when he comes back. Um, or, or actually, Blushy was around for quite a few nights, wasn't he, <laughs> in the summer? But, I mean, now it's only a temporary thing. Um, and Roman Reigns will be calling that match. And I know Cena will be there to do his thing. He'll do his greatest hits to her. But no one in that match is... Is you know, in any danger of being Damien Sandowd, you know, or Baron Corbin? You know, everyone's going to be all right because yeah. Cena is not there anymore to make it all about him. He's just a special guest. He knows his role, um, and the the full timers are the stars, and that he's there to, in some way, enhance them and bring more eyes to the product. So, you know, I'm not threatened by the match. In fact, I'm quite looking forward to it. I don't, I, I, sorry, I don't feel like anyone in that match is going to be threatened by Cena. And I think they will benefit from his association. And I can't believe, Kenny, I'm saying these words out loud. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. Next thing you'll be saying, do you know what? I, I really would encourage you to watch that Young Bucks match. <laughs> then we'll know hell's really frozen over. Um but listen, elsewhere on SmackDown, there's uh, some other stuff on the show. We had, um, uh, you know, obviously Ricochet won the World Cup. So he got his title, sh- title shot against Gunther. And it was just a superb match. They go over 20 minutes. I was watching this going, you know, if you want a reason as to why Vince McMahon should not be allowed back, this is one of the reasons. Because oh, you wouldn't yeah. see this under him. You wouldn't see Gunther push like this. You wouldn't see a match like this. And, uh, you know, they, they, they tore it up. So I, th- I thought they did a really good job, and uh, you know, I don't. Even though there wasn't really a danger that Ricochet was going to win, I thought they did a good job of kind of making you making you feel in the moment like you know it was it was worth the suspense. Yes, I agree. I mean, it was a slow, steady builder. I mean, I thought WWE gave its audience a lot of credit here because not a whole lot happened in the first few minutes, and there wasn't that much of a response to it, and the temptation of well, obviously, these matches are all laid out well in advance, so it's not like they were going to deviate from the script. But, you know, in the old days, or 
what they might have done was, oh, people aren't re- reacting to this. We've got to start. We've got to start doing some high spots at minute three instead of leaving the high spots for minute nine or ten or twelve or fifteen. And I thought they really gave the talent the time to tell a story. Uh, the crowd, even though they weren't loud at first, they were drawn in because the action was so good and the story they told was so gripping. And I just thought this was, yeah, just this has been the best TV match of the month, I would have said so far. And uh, I thought it was tremendous. I thought Ricochet shone. I thought he looked like a somebody, he looked like a star here. And it was the right outcome. Uh, Gunter won. He, he Ricochet even kicked out the powerbomb. So he was given that. And then uh, Gunter used, used his new finisher, which is like a like a power slam. Do they call it? Is it the last symphony or something like that? I think they call it. It is the last symphony, yeah. Yeah, it's like a power slam. So he had to hit his new finisher. I always like it as well when talent come up with new finishers as well. So he hit his new finisher, Ricochet stayed down. And then uh, Giovanni and uh, Ludwig came out and they uh, were about to attack Ricochet. And Braun Strowman made the save afterwards. So, um, yeah, tremendous match. Yeah, absolute blinder. I do. I mean, look, I, I I know this is me nitpicking, but I do just want to say so. The w- the one thing I could have done without in it was ricochet on the apron, thigh slapping his super kick onto Gunther. I could have done without the thigh slap that was right onto camera. Oh, um, but you know, but that's you know this this he, he's he's had these bad habits from when he was flipping around a few years ago. So <laughs> it's bound to you know old habits die hard. Um, but exactly. yeah. I mean, I mean, you need to get that sign up backstage, don't they? Again, five slaps are banned. I'd say they should. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was we did have a segment with LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, and I mean, I feel that like we're really we're really getting to the edge of this being interesting. You know, it's it's veering dangerously close towards a cliff. You know, we've got LA Knight, um, we get the, the tape of LA Knight. Uh, being kidnapped, he kidnapped his mouth and been taped with an yeah. Uncle Howdy mask. Yeah, Uncle How- Uncle Howdy match. He was having flashbacks to Billy Gunn, but at least no one took any pliers and broke someone's <laughs> fingers. But then, uh, so then Ellie Nick comes out, and then Bray comes out, and they end up fighting. And then uh, Uncle Howdy comes out, um, at, at, at wearing a hat and mask and all that jazz, and is laughing. And Ellie and I uh, retreat some white smells, and we, we we go to break. And I mean, it feels that we're 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 veering back into the old Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, I actually I read about this before I watched it, and a lot of people blasted it. I mean, this show actually took a lot of abuse online, and I think most of that was because of top dollars disastrous. Well, it's a disaster because no one was hurt, but he he's dived that didn't. That went very that went badly wrong, not very badly wrong because no one was injured. And uh, I actually thought, apart from that one botch spot, that was actually a really good um, uh, triple th- uh, three three way match. Um, but this stuff here with uh, with LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, I don't know whether it's interesting or it's absurd. I I don't know. I mean, I just and is it leading to a match? And yeah. is it a match against Bray Wyatt? Is it a match against Uncle Howdy? I don't know. I mean, I suppose it's interesting and absurd, or absurdly interesting. I don't know, because um, we're we're now at this point where we where we were before, where you're getting to a point where you're kind of going, "Where's he going to fit in on the show?" Yeah, and then 
if he does end I mean, up feuding with somebody, is it going to is is he going to end? Because also, you know, on Raw, we've got Alexa Bliss kind of playing the character, going back to the old character that she was, and it's like, yeah. you know, it's just you get the PTSD of remembering what the character, what the old character did to Seth Rollins and did to the different people that he was around. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's and also now. We know Uncle Howdy because we we thought Uncle Howdy was played by Bray Wyatt because it appeared that it was, but now we know that Uncle Howdy is a is a separate person, is a different you know it's just, it's two people. So is this Bo Dallas? Well, that's been the rumor, hasn't it? That Bo yeah, Dallas it will, play, will play Uncle Howdy, and that you know because Bo Dallas was like a jobber. I mean, that could end up being a huge. If the if the if he reveals his true identity, people are just going to be groaning so loudly. You know the, the you know speakers will blow. You know on the TVs because people are going, oh, not Bo <laughs> Dallas, and it doesn't really matter that, that he's Bray's brother in real life. No one's going to accept that. Maybe his identity will never be revealed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It'll be like Maris from Frasier. Just we never see her. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's that was N- Niall's wife, right? We never met. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Niall's wife, that's right. I did watch Frasier back in the day. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I, I mean, I wanna. I, I don't know whether this is going to work or not, but I'm but I'm hesitant to just trash it because I, we aren't we haven't reached that point yet where it deserves to be trashed. No, it's just getting it's just getting to like levels of mild concern. Yes, that's like, right. Because you know we've said since the beginning since October the 8th, whatever it was, that, you know, we just need to see how it's going to play out in a wrestling ring or as part of the show, so... Definitely. Um, I mean, the only the only heart that, you know, that I took from this was that when LA Knight attacked Wyatt, Wyatt did sell it. He was yeah. beaten down in the corner. So he doesn't seem to be supernatural anymore. So, you know, I'm taking heart from that, Kenny. There you go. Take 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 the positives. Uh, well, let's, let's move on to Raw. The Bloodline stuff continued throughout Raw. We had Roman Reigns doing a backstage promo to start the show where he basically said that, uh, you know, uh, John Cena's coming back to try and take out the bloodline, but the bloodline tonight are going to make Owens and everyone else in in the Raw locker room's life a living hell until they acknowledge the bloodline. And this, again, gave us a thread throughout the episode where they're beating up various wrestlers, they're beating up, you know, Dolph Ziggler. I mean, you know, <laughs> wait, get a babyface pop. Um they're beating up Shelton Benjamin, uh, Cedric Alexander, um, and it kind of goes on to it. The night Adam Pearce had a had a pretty wild night to contend with. Then hectic night. I think Mustafa Ali took a bit of a pasting at the beginning as well, didn't he? Yes, yes. And I mean, then and, and and eventually, it's, it's time, Kenny. The moment's come. Oh God, I was wrong start. about Mustafa Ali. I've been <laughs> dreading this one. I was thinking this week. December 19th Raw from Des Moines, Iowa. It's going to be his night, and it's over. It's already over, so I'm afraid that my optimism has been harpooned. Killed off dead, and yes, after this podcast ends, I'll be eating that humble pie. <laughs> Got all mouldy on the side. Look. So hopefully I'll still be, you know, in, I'll have recovered by Thursday for our next record, recording from eating that humble pie. But yeah, it looks like it's all over for Ali Kenny. I just wanted to say that. No one can no one can discredit how much optimism you had for him. I mean, if only they had the optimism that you had for him. 
it's all over for me but yeah it was so i mean that was the the thrust of it was that roman reigns had sent the bloodline to wreak havoc on kevin owens program and that they did throughout the program including the main event yeah, because it, it, le- it led to during an Austin Theory and Seth Rollins promo, the bloodline coming out. And I, I like the way Rollins was kind of going, look, we'll deal with this later. Let's deal with uh, the bloodline now. And Austin Theory, of course, being the you know chicken shit heel, he kind of gets out of dodge. And then Rollins has to contend with the bloodline in his own. This brings out Kevin Owens. And that leads us to uh, the main event match, which I did. I actually thought that the, the backstage promo with Seth and Kevin Owens was fantastic. Where Kevin Owens... Have you noticed his new gimmick, Finn, is that he remembers things <laughs> from like eight months ago? It's like, a, you know, he's saying, you know, because Ron said, oh, we used to team before, it was so good. Da-da-da. He's like, why did we stop teaming? And Kevin Owens was like, because you tried to take my WrestleMania match. <laughs> he's like, nah, that doesn't sound like me. And he's like, yeah, you were wearing a bright suit. And, you know, he lulls him in. And it was very funny. Like, they, they, they rewarded the audience for having watched the show. Yes, absolutely. And things from the past influence and enhance and, you know, extend um, things of the present, which is the way storytelling is supposed to work, isn't it? It's all supposed to be connected. So, yeah, it was it was really good. And uh, it was good to see as well. Um, Kevin Owens scored the pin, which was the right outcome. Of course, he needed to score the pin because he's teaming with John Cena to face Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn on December 30th. Yeah, on so, Jimmy Uso. Yeah, he scored the pin on Jimmy Uso after the pop-up powerbomb. Um, so, yeah, and then Sami Zayn came out afterwards, didn't he? Sami yeah, Sami Zayn came out afterwards and, uh, you know, we're, we're continuously sort of fed this line of... Because uh, when Owens is, like, taking his wrist tape off and then Sami, like, smiles and leaves the ring and, you know, Sami just doesn't want to get physical with Kevin Owens. I mean, no. my, my theory is... Sami Zayn is going to have to, on December 30th episode, do something to Kevin Owens to show his allegiance to the bloodline. That's going to be what he has to do. Uh, I think so as well, but I think there'll also be a pretty significant plot development where the bloodline will be, they'll be like, hmm, you know, what? why did he do that? But I think, I think there needs to be, I think what's going to happen is he's, there's going to be a big ceremony where he becomes Sami Uzo some yeah. point in January. It could actually be the night after Royal Rumble, actually. That would probably be a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have some weeks of harmony after that, and then we know what's coming after the harmony. Uh, but there's got to be a few question marks. Some alarm bells need to start ringing in the bloodline ranks that Sammy is not who he says he is. So I think something like that will happen on the in the December 30th match. Especially because it's probably going to be, I don't know, it'll be the biggest drawing TV, wrestling TV show of the year. It may well be. If not, it'll be certainly in the top three. So that's the time to do the big angle, isn't it? The big plot development with the largest audience possible watching. Yeah, well, because, I mean, you know, the, the 30th of December, do people go out a lot on the 30th of December? Probably not. They're probably still, yeah. you know, hunkering down for their sort of chill-out period. So it's a good night to do it. It's a good good time to, to do it. Um, Definitely. Elsewhere on the show, we had the the big ladder match between Dexter Loomis and The Miz, and we had the returning Bronson Reed come in to uh, take out Dexter Loomis to allow The Miz to win. So Miz has now got Bronson Reed by his side. You know, Reed obviously was a pretty. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if he's a big deal. He was. He was. He was a name in NXT before COVID. 
That's it. Yeah. Well, actually, I think when did he get sacked? Was it twenty twenty one? I think it was. Wasn't yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he, so he was, he was a star in NXT during the kind of COVID era as well, and then he got sacked in twenty twenty one. I mean, because this is got you know, it's got people talking because he. I mean, as Jonah, he actually got a win over Okada in New Japan, which is wild. Yeah. Um, and now he's back in WWE. I mean, I know some people are kind of looking at this and scoffing at the idea that now he's with the Miz. And I do understand that, but I mean, the Miz is is usually proven to be at his best when he's got someone with him. You know, he's he's good at kind of you know it's him with Damian Sander or him with. Uh, the B team, like he works quite well when he's got somebody to sort of bounce off of or try and put over a bit. So, you know, maybe the Reed and Miz thing is going to be good. Obviously, I mean, Bronson Reed got a fart and a church response from the crowd. They just had no idea who he was. Well, well, that's it. I mean, he, I mean, he was in NXT and he was, I think, he, didn't he win the North American title? And he dropped it very quickly, very quite soon after he won it. Yes. And the idea, as a, if memory serves me correctly, was that he was going to be called up to the main roster. And I don't think Vince saw anything in him, which I, I know, was a huge mistake on his part. And he was basically terminated. But I mean, he turned he, up. He, he, did some, he did some main event matches, I think, actually. And then, like, right, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's like basically a death sentence, isn't it? In WWE, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like... I just, I just, I mean, I think that's where Vince saw him and probably was like, oh no, I'm not interested. Yeah, but... I mean, that tsunami he does that top rope splash looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a potent finisher. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, main event. Okay, it's main roster, but it's not proper main roster, is it? No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm not. I, I don't think. I'm. I'm just meaning more. That was as far as he got. He got. Yes. He, yeah. Well, he got you, you are right, of course, because technically he's the main roster. So thank you for pointing that out. And he went to Impact, and he only had a short run there, but I thought it was impressive there. And then he went to New Japan. But I mean, they've been talked for some weeks that he was going to be rehired by Triple H, Paul Levesque, and that he was going to return to the main roster. And I, I mean, I'm a fan of his. I think he's really good. Um, and I think with the Miz, it's a role for him where he's going to get TV time because this ladder match between Miz and Dexter Loomis with all the money hanging from the ceiling. I mean, the audience was not into it at the start, but it was given all the accessories, all the props. It was given everything possible. They threw everything possible at it to get it over. And by the end, the people were into it because there was so much carnage at ringside. So I think it was a, a good way to bring Bronson Reed back. It sets up Miz and Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis matches. So they can do that for a while. I think they can be decent. Uh, and I thought, you know, I thought Reed looked really good. Um, so we'll see what they do with him. I mean, Dexter Loomis, as I've said before, he's a character that takes, he's the sort of character that takes time to get over. He may not get over on the main roster, but he he took him a long time to get over in NXT, and he did eventually. And there's no doubt about that; he really did. So um, we'll see, Kenny. We'll see what happens. But I mean, I was not dissatisfied at all by Bronson Reed's return here, partly because I predicted it in my last column, Kenny. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it was it was it was a decent enough return. I think that Triple H is now at a point though where. I don't know how much room there is for any more people in the men's division. I yeah. think you're getting to AEW territory if you keep hiring people at this point. Like, I think there needs to only be... But I mean, there also needs to be, let's be honest, there needs to be a clear-out as well. 
of people. You know, there's a lot of people in in WWE who you know they should just be cutting Dolph Ziggler, you know, the Cedric Alexander. There's a, there's a lot of them who you know probably Mustafa Ali actually. <laughs> well, if you're not going to push him, just get rid of him. Well, that's it. I mean, now I've officially given up on him. I'm sorry, the emotional cord has been cut. <laughs> it's been severed. Sorry, Mustafa Ali. Sorry, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it is one to kind of watch of like you know they're probably at the at the at the, the peak of how many people they can have on Ron yes, SmackDown. I um, agree, and yeah, there's a lot of people there who and AJ Styles. I mean, AJ Styles had a match with Sami Zayn, and they worked so hard. It's like what you've been saying for weeks, Kenny. It just feels like Styles has done everything and he just feels stale. And even though he's, you know, he's still an amazing in-ring performer and he still goes out and there and he really works and he puts a match together, the people have just seen it so many times. And I don't think the character's ever going to change. The character's not going to develop. I think this is all AJ will ever be. Well, that's a good, so, that's a good example because like, if you look at somebody like Randy Orton, who's been around way longer than AJ Styles has, that Randy Orton every couple of years does reinvent himself and he does do something with his character, whether it's like a heel turn and he becomes like a slightly different version of himself or as a yeah. team with Matt Riddle or whatever. Like he does things to kind of keep himself fresh, whereas AJ Styles, whether he's with the, the OC or whether he's in his own or whether he's with Omas, he doesn't really change. He just stays the same dull mid-40s man that he is. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, they've got a... To me, if I was WWE, they've just brought Anderson and Gallows back. They've got to start doing some vignettes or something with them. Because no one, I mean, Gallows and Anderson are just a, it's just silence when their matches begin. And they graft as well. I mean, during the tag match they had on the show, who did the wrestle on the show? Kenny, was written down here somewhere. Uh, Chad Gable and Otis. Yes, Chad Gable and Otis. And who unfortunately lost again, right? <laughs> I mean, my guys. Game. I mean, it's just terrible seeing these guys lose again. And you know, Luke Gallows, he got the hot tag, and it was just so cold. It was stone cold, was that hot tag. <laughs> and you need to find a way to get these guys over because we still don't really know who they are. They no. haven't introduced us to their personalities. And they can talk and they can do backstage stuff because we've seen that in New Japan, we saw an impact. So they've just got to develop that, and maybe along the way, or you know, by association, they can reheat AJ, who just feels, yeah, just feels, you know, tepid at the moment. It's just like a really cold act. So either do something with them, or just accept defeat and, you know, give them, give them their walking papers. I don't want anyone to be fired, by the way. What I'm saying is, is that try and. Try and get these, try and make this act productive, you know, because they want to be over. These guys want to be over. They don't want to go out there and play before silence. They want to go out there and and feel like they matter and they're valued and the audience like them and that they're contributing. So, you know, that's what I say. Give them a chance, you know, and do something to heat them up. Uh, so let's just chat maybe two more things before we go. And we did get an uh, intergender match on Raw, which we never get. Rhea Ripley and Akira Tozawa. And I mean, she just, battered Kira Tozawa at points here. Um, we obviously had um, the Street Profits and the Judgment Day on the outside because they'd faced off in the opening tag team match. But yeah. I actually like the idea that Rhea Ripley is kind of like a... She's been positioned as like a kind of modern-day China in some ways. Um, yeah. I think it's really working for her. She's way more over than she was when she was just like in the women's division 
being a, a generic wrestler in the division. So I think this stuff like this is just good for her to keep her looking different in the fans' eyes. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, you know, Ripley won with a riptide and, you know, it was a bit sloppy in places, but the audience were really enjoyed the novelty factor here and they got through it. And because, you know, Rhea and Tozawa, I think Rhea's actually, Rhea's slightly bigger than Tozawa. So because of the similarity in size, it didn't feel like, you know, Rhea Ripley was was being bullied here or was she at a physical disadvantage, which of course she wasn't because in the story she won in the end. Um, I mean, Ripley didn't want to hit her and, sorry, Tazawa didn't want to hit Ripley. So Ripley, you know, capitalised on that, exploited that. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to go. It's hard to really imagine that Ripley's going to be in there with, like, an AJ Styles. Although if she was, that could potentially make, mind you, that feud's over now. So she's not going to be going back in that direction. But it's like, could she have a match, say, with a Montez Ford? I mean, that would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting to watch. And, you know, they can, they can do it in a way... I think the, the whole thing about intergender wrestling is they don't want to see... They, they, they don't want to see somebody like Otis beating up Nikki Cross. No. Doesn't, but, I mean, you know, because remember at one point they advertised for a house show Nia Jackson Dean Ambrose long before, just before he left. And then they, 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 like, pulled it at the last minute or something. But I know that was something that they were kind of because they had a confrontation on Raw. We saw the, the Nia Jackson-Randy Orton thing from that Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, that was huge, wasn't it, that year? So, yeah, I think, that, you know, more stuff like this kind of peppered throughout the show is actually pretty interesting. Um, let's finish with the Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair stuff. They had a sit-down interview where Bliss talked about how, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt abducted me, but, you know, being friends with, you know, you, Bianca, and Asuka made me stronger and your friendship and all that. So I don't know what happened to me last week, and I'm sorry. And Bianca Belair wasn't buying it. She was like, you know, you really don't know what happened last week. Um, and she said, and, you know, Bianca kind of said, you know, come at me if you, if you want to. And then another Wyatt symbol flashed up. And then when they're standing up to leave, Alexa Bliss grabs the, the vase and smashes it over the back of Bianca Belair's head. Um, how is this working for you? Um, obviously, they're going to have the big title match in January the 2nd. But um, is this story working for you with Alexa kind of being torn between whether to be evil or good? Um, well, I think it is because she needs something extra. She needs the character to do a lot of the heavy lifting in Alexa's matches. Um, I mean, sometimes in matches, I don't think she's that bad. And other times she's not that great. So um, I think the character work, you know, needs to be more appealing, really, than the prospect of her wrestling. It's hard for me to believe that she's going to defeat Bianca because Bianca retained the belt so many times against Bailey. And by the way, we should mention that Bailey defeated Becky Lynch on the show, Kenny. Yes, which uh, you know, I get. It, finally, it's something. I mean, she needed that win. I was, I was thinking this, and I think Bailey has really been. I think that was a, a big win for her. So I'll get back to Alexa in a minute. And it was a huge win for Bailey because she's just been on this losing streak for like so long, and she needed that win. So hopefully, people will now. Um, start viewing her as um, a threat again to their opponents rather than somebody who's just going to lose. So I thought that was a, a good move by WWE to have Bailey win this week. But as far as Alexa goes, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sort of a bit like the Bray Wyatt stuff. I mean, I don't want to just write it off yet because we're not at our destination. So we just don't know what's at the end. We don't know how it's going to play out. So 
I'm sure lots of people out there are saying, this is terrible. You know, this is going to suck. You know, this is going to bomb. You know, why are we waste? Why are they wasting time on this? Blah, blah, blah. But I'd rather give it a chance because I feel like they've got a plan. Um, I'm not sure what that plan is, um, but it feels to me like they put so much TV time into this Alexa character or this new version of this Alexa character and particularly Bray Wyatt. We know they're paying him a lot of money. So they put so much into this that I want to believe that there's something worthwhile at the end of it. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see really what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think if, if the end game is that she ends up going with Bray Wyatt and his crew, that's probably the best place for her to go because yeah. otherwise, you know, what's she going to do? Exactly. As a wrestler, she sort of feels like she's done everything she can. She needs to be a character as well, doesn't she? Yeah, and you know, she'll, they'll have the match on January 2nd. I don't really see it going much further than that for Alexa. I mean, wait, wait, wait you see, she'll win the title. <laughs> no, I'll be completely wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, lots, lots of stuff keeping happening, chugging us along. Uh, but that was the last Raw of 2022. So we'll be, we'll be uh, there's no Raw to talk about next week. The next one's January 2nd. But uh, plenty for us to discuss coming up on Thursday. We'll give some time to Dynamite. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more news coming up. So, um, you can now. I mean, as as we record this, you could you, you could if you can order the new issue of Inside the Ropes magazine at insidetheropesmagazine.com. It's probably not going to arrive by Christmas now at this point, but you can go into WH Smith on Thursday, the twenty second of December, and it will be out then. So you can pick it up over Thursday, Friday, Saturday if you so desire. Um, and if you're a subscriber, you should be getting it through your door on thursday as far as i'm aware so fingers crossed but um yes well hopefully people will enjoy it i mean it's a big issue we put a lot of work into it same price as well kenny as usual right yep same price as usual for 64 pages so you, you need to get that extra 16 pages no extra cost so I like to do that now and then just to show sort of uh appreciation for the readers and sure. uh, the consistent support so um yeah, very, very happy. And uh, yeah, we, we close out 2022 with uh, Jim Cornette's cover as the highest seller, which uh, I, he, I believe he actually uh, was bragging about that on his podcast the other day. Right, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah well, I'm glad the issue did well. And, um, you know, it's just hopefully more people will give us a chance in 2023. And, um, you know, long, this, long may this magazine continue. And um, you know we we all we all enjoy contributing to it, and uh, we hope you enjoy reading it, and hopefully more people will. Yes, indeed. So yeah, thank you to to you, Finn, for for being so kind to be a part of it and to let us. You know, I'll I'll be nice and say borrow, basically steal some of your ideas, and, <laughs> and you've allowed it. God bless you. Um, and uh, yeah, some people have said. Mm. That does look awfully like power slam feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um but anyway, okay. Well listen, I'll uh, thank you for all your support, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday on Patreon with the Power Slam podcast, and it'll be up Friday on the main feed. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a good week and we'll talk to you soon.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tools. For just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.